Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Randy Wartelski. And today, we're going to give you something to talk about. Today, we're talking about birthdays and other days. And with me, the wonderful Shawnee Norman. Good friend, professional, cook, fellow educator, all-around great person. Shawnee, thanks so much for coming by to schmooze with me about birthdays and other days. Ramsey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for you. Mazel tov, a new job. You look great. This recording studio looks fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. And this is going to be so much fun. We're going to have a great hour today of talk. So we're going to give the listeners a little clue into what those other days are, though I think they probably know Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, this this is the week. The moment is upon us almost. So I want to throw out to you something I came across um, in my musical life. Very interesting song. Not so well known, and yet it did appear in 1991 in the pre-Eurovision Song Festival. It came in number four, so it's not like a totally unknown song. But anyway, I'm giving too much of an introduction. The song is called Kol Shana, written by Amos Barzel. And it starts out like this. Kol Shana Matrila Besiman Sheila. Every year starts out with a question mark, mm-hmm. like a child taking his, measuring his first steps. And then the song goes on to say, every hour starts with a question mark. And then it moves on to say, every second starts with a question mark. And the chorus of the song says, isn't it wonderful when the year begins with song and a good feeling? And we're going to spend the year answering the question. So now I pose the question to you. What are your questions this year? What are the questions as we look forward to a new year? All right, Ramsey, I didn't know we're going this deep right away at the start of this program, but I'm liking it a lot. Um, we're just jumping really, We're just jumping right in. I like it. I like it. What's on, your, it. what's on your mind now that we're facing a new year? You know, we just started a new school year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Rosh Hashanah is upon us. What, what's, what's going through your mind? Sure. So first I'll tell you that song, or at least, you know, some of those uh, verses from the songs just kind of make you think um, a little bit about each moment of the day, each moment of your life, and um, really to make the most of it, to make sure that, you know, the saying is that you live the life the way you are supposed to live your life to the fullest. Right. So I think that really ties right into Rosh Hashanah, which is very, you know, upon us and very exciting. And um, really to be able to look at this as an opportunity, if you haven't done what you perhaps wanted to do up until now, it's a, it's a golden opportunity. And um, it's something, even even this week, thinking about September 11th, just how that one second, the way that you talked about how one second is, is here and then you're ready up to the next and how it really is here and yet, Kaharifayan, it's gone, um, to make the most of it and to, uh, and to look upon this new year with all the opportunities that are in front of us to make the most of it and to be the best that you can. That is such a true and beautiful statement that you just made. And, you know, you mentioned 9-11 was earlier this week. So um, we had a program at my school and it occurred to us as educators that we're talking about a day in which some of our students, like they they weren't born yet. Absolutely. Or, they, or they're too young to actually remember the mm-hmm. day. Right, right. And... Um, you know, how to impart information like that to, to such young children. And especially, you know, also we're teaching about, teaching about Rosh Hashanah. You know, when you, when you go online and you look up sources on Rosh Hashanah, and if you type in New Year, mm-hmm. you will see, you will find that there are so many New Years 
It's true. In many, many different cultures and many, many different religions. And every new year is approached differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, you know, specifically in our community also, everybody approaches the new year in their own way, in a different way. And I think what comes to my mind also when I think about this song is the phrase, kol hatchalot kashot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you come into shul and you're thinking about the new year and you're thinking about, oh, you know, your wishes and your prayers and, your, you know, the blessings that we're davening for, um, it's hard starting a new year. And, you know, a lot of sources on new year, you know, if you just look up new year, it talks about leaving the old year behind, closing the page, starting fresh, starting, you know, your, you know, new friendships, new, new opportunities. Um, and yes, most definitely learning from the past. And, uh, speaking of Rosh Hashanah, what are your plans this year for Rosh Hashanah? Are you going to be home? The Norman family plans to be home, Teaneck, New Jersey. Very excited to uh, to be here. Some and wonderful yeah. Bali Tfila here in oh, Teaneck, New Jersey. You said it. You said it. And um, we're very excited. And some very crowded shuls, thank God. No complaints. Kids are uh, all signed up for groups. I uh, have my mother-in-law coming over, my brother-in-law coming over. Um, some good food being delivered along the way from the mother-in-law. And um, we're very excited. So to you're have cooking them. a lot too. Cooking. I'm not sure when in between this and in between that. But um, again, happy to be here. Just figuring out when to get yes, those. Yes, I was going to say. And you took time out of your busy day <laughs> to come talk to me and come talk to our listeners. Listen, I have a lot, a lot of uh, offers to come to, uh, you know, radio shows. For, all, I'm you know, sure. All the time. They're banging down your door. This, this is Definitely. the one. This is the one. But uh, yeah, we'll get those Luxion Kugels made. And uh, maybe we'll all we'll, uh, substitute some fat-free items in there when it comes to those rich whips and put it in for, you know, try not to start the year off with yeah, you those. Yeah, you have any secrets for the listeners? Uh, about, uh, yeah, less, less. <laughs> less is more. Yes, less is, is definitely more. And, uh, you know, getting right into it as far as New Year's, even f- with Rosh Hashanah, you know, when it comes to all the food, right away, you know, you think about the dieting and you think about, I know, there's you know, so much talk uh, about food <laughs> when true. it comes to Rosh Hashanah. I mean, I, I'm staring right now at a um, a pamphlet, I guess you could call it a brochure from a foundation that I just happened to have picked up. And there's like eight pictures of food. And, you know, I, somebody passed along a YouTube video to me of children just digging into honey and then digging into brownies and then mushing it all over their faces. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, in Judaism, we're a lot about food. I mean, people take those uh, simanim and rimazim very seriously. If you don't have that beet or celery or Yeah, let's talk about some of those. Because I have here, right in front of me, According to this brochure, and I know some of these are Sephardic customs mm-hmm. and some of these are Ashkenaz customs. On the night of Rosh Hashanah, one should accustom himself to eat rubia, black-eyed peas, not the not singing the, group, not, not the great, not the singing group, group. Carsi, leek, silka, spinach, tamri, dates, and kara, long white squash. Yeah. And then you know there are little psukim that you say sure. when you eat each of those things. And then the brochure goes on to say, just an explanation, the Ramah adds, some have the custom to eat an apple sweetened with honey. And then there are there are those who eat pomegranates and say, may our merits be multiplied like the seeds of a pomegranate. So actually, this past Shabbos, I was at a friend's house for lunch, and for dessert, she served pomegranate seeds, which she actually did take out of the pomegranate. 
And there's apparently a whole process of this. I've never done it, but apparently there's a whole process of removing the seeds from the pomegranate. And um, apparently it stains if yeah. you eat it and it shoot, you know, the juice sure, comes sure. out. I had to eat just one at a time because I was a little nervous about it because I've never actually had pomegranate seeds. And as I'm putting it in my mouth and going, okay, everybody, first time eating a pomegranate seed, they're like, mm-hmm. wait, if you just wait one more week, right, you'll be you able can to do get it on Rosh Hashanah and then say your Shafianu. Right, right. But I didn't wait. You didn't. It's okay. There are I many ate it others, anyway. There are many other items for you to be able to uh, check off at your Rosh Hashanah table. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not a big fruit person. So there are lots of fruits on which I can say Shechianu on Rosh Hashanah. Got it. What are your plans? You asked me mine? Yes. So uh, the Wartelsky family will be with the Sorcher family in Brooklyn. Lovely. Uh, we have been always with the Sorcher family in Brooklyn for Rosh Hashanah. Um, and uh, we have a very singy family. Yes, you do. And we always enjoy going to shul and, you know, with our melodies, as I'm sure most of our listeners do. Um, I do find it very hard to be in a shul where you're not accustomed to the nigunim that the shul sings. But my year in Israel, I had a wonderful opportunity to go to Hakotel. And, you know, I was a little nervous about it because it was really my first time ever not hearing my father's davening because he, at the time, was the baltzvilla in our shul. It was really my first time ever not davening on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur with my father's melodies and his tunes with you know that I grew up with that I was very used to. But I discovered a song that I didn't know before, and it was to the melody of um, Areshet Svatenu. And so it repeated several times throughout the davening, and I kept singing it in my head and kept singing it in my head and kept singing it in my head. I'm home, and I taught it to my dad. And it has now become something that we sing at our table. As a Zemer. I love it. On Rosh Hashanah. Good for you, Randy. So, you know, you learn something new everywhere you go. It is just a little bit nerve-wracking to be in a place that you're not familiar with the melodies. But uh, that was that was great. I took home something really special. So right now, I would just celebrated our, my wedding anniversary. I'm almost, I'm married almost the same amount of years as I was before I was married. I'm hitting that, that mark. Cool. So, so Mazel Tov on your anniversary. Right. See, so I our topic you. is birthdays and other days, other and days. I didn't even know it was your there anniversary. You and uh, and it's it still is those childhood nigunim and what you're you know just what you're it's still there. It's right. still there. And uh, you know now we we just add on to the repertoire of the songs and of the nigunim here, but there is something to be said about the songs that were sung in the White Shul where my parents still live and when we go visit and. Uh, it's always enjoyable. We enjoy even the ride going to visit my parents in Farakway because we play a little game on the on the trip because it is a trip. We leave okay. from Teaneck. Listen up, everybody who's planning to go someplace far. You got to go to... You, you Shani has go. a game for you. <laughs> you have to first go on the George Washington. So you really got to get all the kids in on that. Well, uh, you could also go on the Van Wick. You got to get to the Van Wick. You got to go from Teaneck. Yeah. Oh, the game, the game has to the do... The game is in the car. Oh, it's, but the game has to do with your location? It, it it doesn't have to. It's not specific to the location. It's a great car ride game. So when you're going from Teaneck to Farakaway and you're going on the George Washington, the first part of the game is actually not connected. The first game that we play is because when you go on the George Washington, you have to go on the carpool lane. Right. That's the one that you have to have the easy pass, but also have the cash option because there has to be an attendant at the booth so that they can see that you are three people or more. 
And um, really, anyone that's listening to this, you have to sign up. It costs you nothing to sign up. And it costs you $2 to go on the George Washington Bridge. As opposed to 12 I think it's like now 212 It's like ridiculous it's to ridiculous. go on the George yeah. Washington Bridge without this. So the first thing and is... And by the way, the folks from, from Brooklyn mm-hmm. who travel to the city, they would call the carpool lane the HOV lane. Correct. Correct. That's, uh, so that's that what we have here, carpool lane. And, um, and everybody, the Norman family, just as loud as you can, just... Shouts out, carpool! Oh, you don't and, say the please. Uh, you know what? We sh- we're going to add the please this year because that's, that's what we used ed. to do when we were our whole, you know, a, po- a packed car. We'd open all the windows and everybody'd be shouting, carpool, please. So we're going to do the carpool, please. That's now on our new list. Our, our I didn't mean list. to imply that the Normans no, are not no, polite. They people. say it with smiles. They do <laughs> say it with a smile. They're very polite people. And then we go on our way. Now between the George Washington Bridge and the Tribor Bridge to the Van Wick. At Rockaway Turnpike, I mean, you have a lot of opportunities to play the following game, which is find a person in a car. You could look to your left. You could look to the right. You could look anywhere you want. I mean, we're already way past the alphabet game and the license plates game. This is this is now the next level. Okay. And you I'm, really I'm just waiting. have to find any person and just right then and there create a story about that individual. The more details, the That's better. That's a fun game. It is. And I tell you, I have my 16-year-old senior in MTA who's into it, down to my four-year-old, cutie pie, uh, Ani, who's into it. And we really, it's a great way to just be, be, just be real, make it up. The more details, Love the better. It. If it's believable and, you know, we, we just talk about it all the time. I think you're going to start time. a new trend here. Perhaps. I perhaps. think you're going to start the trend. We're going to call it the Norman game. Okay. We might, we might come up with a better name. I'll let you know on the next time on your show. Okay. I'll, I'll so email gonna, that to you. That would be awesome. And, okay. and we could share that with our listeners because now the game, the game needs a name. You got we should it. make that a, a contest. You got come it. Come up with a name for the Norman game. You got it. But um, that sounds like fun. That sounds like a true, a truly good way to make a very long car ride seem like Yeah, like fun. a story, like a fun. Exactly. So what are some of the other customs that uh, you remember from your childhood or some of the things that are important in, you know, to you as you set your own Rosh Hashanah table that you make sure to get that on the table or get that out there? So when we lived in Queens, we lived in Kew Garden Hills for several years, we had a neighbor who had a beautiful challah cover that she only used for Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, and it had actually all of the different simanim kind of um, embroidered on into the uh, velvet challah cover. And um, it's really something that each year we look forward to bringing it out, to looking at it, and to go around the table and everyone looking at it. Um, it's something that I, I just see already. So either we'll, we'll get it on their own, God willing, when they have homes of their own, or I will get of them. It's something that we always, you know, anticipate and look forward to that. It was also one of my first gifts to my husband because his birthday is on Sukkot, so I kind of upped it a little bit and got look him a beautiful that. honey dish. Birthdays and other days. Yeah, look at that, all and connected. It's his birthday and I didn't even know. It's coming up. It's That's coming so up. That's so cool. We actually celebrated that one earlier as opposed to some other years, which we have not yet celebrated. Right. It's just passed right by, but that's another. That happens sometimes. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, wait, I wanted to ask you a question about something that you just said, and now I can't recall what I was going to ask you. It'll come. Um, let's take a look at some of these photos that I have in front of me. So with tamarim, uh, dates, pomegranate, apple dipped in honey, long white squash. Do you do any of these? We do coleslaw. And in the coleslaw, 
you can probably get a few of these, and I'm not even kidding you because... Does coleslaw have something to do with cabbage? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. there's something and then, about cabbage? Now, I don't see gezer here, but there definitely is... Oh, but yes, here... It definitely it is does, a carrot it, it, one. Yes, it says the Mishnah Berah adds that similarly in each land, the food whose name denotes increase, such as marin... Okay. Carrots, carrots and Yiddish, good. May be eaten. Yeah, so we definitely So anything do that. that means to multiply... We do that. Um, I'm looking over here. So we do tzimis. Tzimis. Yeah. That's good. Carrot tzimis. And we also, this is not like a a religiously minded thing, but I like to think it's our little custom that we eat apple cobbler. Listen, for dessert on the I'm first I'm all about night. apple cobbler a la mode. Yeah, only because my sister makes the best apple cobbler, so we kind of always make her make it. Good. Because we love to enjoy it. All right. And then uh, just as my grandmother used to do, my, my mother makes her own matzo balls from scratch. Not a mix. As opposed to the mix. Yes, not a mix. <laughs> Ladies, we are talking true Hungarianism coming out. So not from a mix. If you do that, I'm going to add in one little thing that just somehow, easy, schmeasy, and yet it's like people are still are talking about it. I don't have a great name for it so far. This is how it goes. It's canadal surprise. Okay. Okay. And you have different options. You take a carrot. When you're making your canadals, whether it's from scratch, the incredible way that you're planning to do it, or from the mix, in the center of your mix of as you're rolling your canadal, Stick a tiny little, not tiny, okay, a little slice of a carrot in there. Now, you could do it in just one canadal. Okay. And whoever gets that canadal is just like, wow, you know, That's the winner. That's so much fun. Or you could do it in every canadal except for one and everyone else that gets it. And the one that doesn't have the carrot in there could be also like the wow or... What have they won? We, yeah. We, we just talk about just being being a winner. Or you could really just do it in each and every one of your canadals. And everybody has a canadal surprise. That is so much fun. And is the purpose of the surprise to like get the carrot in there? It's kind. Of, it could go any way. It's it's how you look at it. It's I really love that. yeah yeah. I love that. So we do that, and I have a friend of uh, my. Then you actually son, have yeah? to look at the canadal before you put it in your mouth. You do have to just cut it up. You cut it up. You want to cut up your canadal. You want to cut that up. Um, I have a friend of my son's Don't you friend. all want to be at the Norman's house for Rosh Hashanah <laughs> that, that you know about the Canadal surprise yeah, and the Norman stuff. name game? There's a lot of good stuff that we do. And the price is right. So, you know, that that's is just super. how it goes. I love that. Is it, you were about to tell us a story. That my Oh, yeah. So my son's friend came to her house, had this Canadal surprise. He's a 16-year-old boy, a senior in high school. He cannot stop talking about it. And the mom's like, okay, how do you make it again? How do you make it? And so it's very simple. You make your canadals. You put a little slice in of a carrot, raw carrot, because when you put the canadal in to be boil in the boiling water, in no time the canadal as well as the carrot will cook. And that's it, folks. So the hard part was what you started with, you have to make your canadal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was where that was where the tutorial was needed. Yeah. Okay, so that's true. Depends how you're going to go about it. I think you're going to all be just fine. So, believe it or not, Shani, there are other customs that have that happen on Rosh Hashanah that do not have to do with food. Mm. And I'm I found, listening. you know, I found some of these in in my various research. So, uh, of course, any anyone who's preparing for Rosh Hashanah has to visit some clothing Mm, that's Outlets, what they say. Some clothing stores. Um, on the one hand, special festive clothing is worn because Rosh Hashanah is, of course, a holy day. Um, 
Some legal writers say that men must buy new holiday or holiday clothing or jewelry for their yes, wives. Yes, I have heard that one. That goes also when you have a baby, have to get a piece of jewelry as well. Yes. Y- you do. Yeah, I heard that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I read ho- that And somewhere. I hope you did. Oh, absolutely. It's Norman. Not too shabby. Um, some people avoid red clothing. Mm-hmm. That's linked to severity in okay. favor of white attire. Mm. which is known to be a color of purity um, and a sign of love and mercy. Mm-hmm. White can also symbolize confidence that a favorable judgment will be meted out. And uh, some people actually don't wear brand new clothing at all on Rosh Hashanah so that they don't appear overly certain of their righteousness before mm. the judge. Mm. What do you think of that mm. custom? I'm all about it. I'm all about, you know, it's a new year, new clothing, new shoes. It just cracks me up sometimes when it's like Rosh Hashanah. It's almost like the Labor Day that you cannot wear white after that or the straw hat For sure at not. a certain moment. And For sure not. when that clock strikes, whatever time of day, you know, Rosh Hashanah is or that night, you are putting on, you're ensconced in velvet and it doesn't matter what the weather is outside and you're in your wool clothing and... um. It's just it's it's a sight to be But it's, it's pretty amazing though that I've noticed that this week, I mean we're in New York, right? Mm-hmm. So those of you who are listening who are not in New York probably have a different experience. But this week, all of a sudden, you come outside in the morning. There's a chill in the air. It's almost like the weather wants you to wear <laughs> new clothing for Russia. They want you to pull on put on that wool hat and the wool skirt. Right. Like they want, like it just wants you to. I hear you. It's like it doesn't want you to try to, to put on the straw hat. I like hear it just you. doesn't. I hear you. This is a dilemma. And uh, yeah, I remember the days growing up where it, yeah, it didn't matter what the weather was. It was like, I got a new suit and I am wearing it no matter what the weather is. Right. And, and I'm sure that most of our listeners can relate, can identify with that as well. Do you send out New Year's cards? Uh, no, I do not. But I did see. That American greetings, you can actually send a happy Rosh Hashanah hug oh, online. Oh, how nice. Yeah, I'm not necessarily all about that and stuff. It is nice. It's nice. I'm not necessarily even a card person to begin with. My mother-in-law gets the award for actually many things my mother-in-law gets the award for. But she is a big card person. You know, an occasion doesn't go by, not a birthday or another special day um, that she doesn't send a card for. And, it's and you know, she goes out of her way, takes the time for that. And, uh, and you know, sends it out. She thought of you. But the card thing, um, no, I'll, I'll, pick up the, I'll pick up the phone. I'll definitely do a text. Uh, you know, I, I must care. say that when I was in the professional world, um, you know, I currently work in the Jewish world. But when I was in the secular professional world, I guess you could call it for lack of a better term, um, I did do the mm. New Year card thing. You know, it was a way to keep in touch with your colleagues mm. and a way to remind them, um, you know, who you are, especially, you know, in my early days starting out in my career um, in news, my career in broadcasting. And I used and to look at you now. Set, look, look, look at, at me you. now. Checking out, Check Randy. Out. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my how time has flown. But, uh, yeah, I used to be much, much more into the the new year's cards now i'm very into the new year's phone calls i, I think it. it is it, it is works. a very nice thing to call somebody to wish them um you know a shana tova and to just 
send good wishes to to your loved ones and people that you haven't spoken to in a long time and just reach out to people and just send them you know your wishes for a good year so I am very into right. that I do that a little bit as we you know kind of halfway through the year when it's perm time so there's the whole Mishloach Manot which I know you're going to have another whole show about that but of course you know then you have the cards hopefully you'll come back for, for that absolutely because you do absolutely so the Mishloach Manot cards with your though, buddy that is true love it Naomi Shev shout out um, the the cards really that works. It's like you were thought of. There are many different stucco that you can really make a contribution for. And it's a win-win situation you were thought about. It's a hey there. It's a happy Purim. And, um, you know, it's a great way to just kind of maintain And the e-cards are nice too. Yes, the e -cards that is are, true. You know, wave of the future. You, it is true. The e-cards are very nice too. Um, but, you know, the e-cards that you're saying that, it kind of brings us back to what you were saying even earlier with, Kol Hachalot Kashot. Yeah. Like everything with technology now is where we're at. Yeah. And even as we speak, you could even now tie in if you want that beautiful oh, song. Oh, yes. Wait. Which we didn't even play. Are we yeah. going to? Or are we just talking about we, it? Either you know way what? is great. We don't have a recording of the song okay. for today. Also good. So but I like that starting song. That was something that we're liking a lot. Moving right love, along. Love that song. The idea of Kol Hachalot Kashot with, with technology, with the e-cards, and where we're at. And who knows where we're going to be like... In, in a minute from now, they say like the future is every 72 hours, the knowledge bank for students are going to be changing. Like what That's we have crazy. to che teach them and where we have to, you know, where we have to go with them in order to keep up with technology. And, you know, kind of brings us both or, you know, we're in the schools. What we have to do, we don't even have a choice. We have to be able to teach the kids and teach our current students in order to be successful in the world that we're living in now, both the Jewish world as well as just the work force and wherever they're going wherever their life is going to take them to go to go with this because it's it yeah, is you know, where we're one at one thing that i also find you know you mentioned just working with children one thing that i find really amazing is that i really i run the gamut with um you know kids that i work with and i i do a lot of music with them and i was singing some songs today with some three-year-olds and it's their first year in school they're brand new you know nursery kids Basically straight out of daycare, you know, right, right. very, very little. And um, we were just singing, you know, Dip the Apple in the Honey and uh, a wonderful song that teaches uh, called I Am a Shofar um, by Lois Goro that, that sings about um, the different sounds of the shofar and, you know, doing some Israeli songs also, Shana Tova, Shana Tova, and just giving them that little feeling through song is amazing. And then when you see the kinds of, things that you can do with music. I mean, if you go, um, even if you go online and you look up, you know, Rosh Hashanah songs. So, you know, with the older kids, there's so much more out there technology-wise mm -hmm. and music-wise that people are doing these days with technology to spread the word. Mm -hmm. You know, spread the word of Rosh Hashanah, spread the customs and teach people about the customs and, you know, catchy new songs that are out there now as well. And through technology, it, it's pretty amazing. I, I'm wondering, you're saying you were teaching these three-year-olds, which obviously I'm assuming those are the youngest kids youngest in the school. Youngest kids, yeah. And these days you have them, like you said, they're in daycare because you mostly have, very often you'll have both parents working. And the comments that I'm getting from some of the staff and preschool teachers is really that these three and four-year-olds, they're coming in with a tremendous amount of knowledge. Yes. As opposed to, and I'm, you know, I don't consider myself that old, but still, according, you know, from my generation, um, kids didn't go to school until a, a full year or two later. So they're coming in 
um, at that advantage, you know, obviously there are pros and cons to everything, but that advantage of really, you know, they know that Dip the Apple in the Honey song, and they know a lot of stuff, so we're really at a at a head start. And they're using the smart board. But of course, but of course, <laughs> but they're of clicking, course. they're they're texting, they, they, they're, they really are. It's incredible. It really is incredible. But you said something about teaching them the show throat, and I just did come across about something kind of like having both um, that Rosh Hashanah coming back full circle here of it being Yom Din as well as a Yom Tov. Right. And you could kind of think it's perhaps like, you know, an oxymoron, how to have it both. And uh, and they seem like opposites. So the uh, the way that it's kind of, you could understand that you really can have both is that the the different shofrot, the different sounds of the tekiah, shoram the tekiah is that solid sound, the solid tekiah. And that is representative of the Yom Tov. And if you notice that the broken sounds of Shvarim and Trua, which represent, and I'm not going to get too deep into it because I know we didn't talk about, you know, enough stuff of the other stuff that we want to talk about and not want to talk about that you shouldn't talk about, but that you maybe want your friend to talk about and ask that question and da da da. But how the broken parts are actually symbolic of, you know, the date, the, the awe-ness uh, the, and the perhaps trepidation and the unknown, but it's always sandwiched, and I know pun intended with food, in between the tekiah or the tekiah gadola. So you can have both. And it really, the way it's kind of like, we start with tekiah kind of maybe like that example of when they say that we reach out with our right hand and we might rebuke a child with our left. It, you have a little of both going on within the tekiah shvarm teruah setup. Am I getting, is this, is this pretty, working yeah. for us? Is this, yes, I, is this I, coming across at this time cool. in this day? For sure. Okay, good. That good. That's awesome. I, I, I never thought of it that way. And I so appreciate you bringing that up. And I actually was going to ask you, because, you know, we both have backgrounds in education. With such young children, what do you see as like the top three things we want them to go home knowing Okay. as we approach, you know, the Yamim Noraim? Right. So, you know, on different levels, obviously, that the young children, you just want that full exposure and experiencing what it is to what it is about Rosh Hashanah and using the Simanim and using projects really of having a multi-sensory approach and really being able to have choices. I the have feels, the smells, all, the sounds. All of, it, all of it. And choices within those feels and sounds and smells. Like those, uh, what do you call those tables when you walk in to the school and there's like a table there with all with like the, a shofar? Sure. All, all those type of discovery tables. Discovery type of tables. Like Thank that. you. And, um, you know, I could talk for myself... Um, the triplets, so I do have um, nine-year-old fourth grade triplets, and when they were young, when they were three years old, they were in nursery together, um, I really could appreciate, especially now, that they came home um, with three different projects. They were actually in the same class at the time ever since then that we've been able to put them in different classes, and that works best for the Norman kids. Um, and they came home with three different projects from the same class. And it's just something that I admire and I appreciate. You admire that the teacher allowed the teacher them allows to express it. their own individuality in their projects. Right. And obviously it takes a lot more work and a lot more preparation for a teacher to do that. But for the kids to be able to not have that cookie cutter approach, which would also go hand in hand with not having a cookie cutter project, um, really, it, as a mom as well as as a an educator, it's 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 really there. There's there are no words in order to explain to Most anyone, definitely. you know, Most how definitely. important that is. So it's not necessarily you know coming home with the honey dish, 
Um, but really how the many process honey of dishes do you have enormous have <laughs> yeah like a collection you know like how some people collect uh, salt and pepper shakers and uh, or whatever it may be there are many uh, honey dishes now so we have a custom to just keep it going a friend of mine had and do you use them all do you put them all out we, on the table we, 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 we rotate we alternate it kind of depends who's setting the table in the house whose honey dish eventually gets put out. everyone at the table could have their own honey dish practically Kanai Nahara yeah we're getting there a friend of mine did have, you know, the custom of having, since we say, you know, Lashana Tava, it should, we should have a sweet year from it, and we have it in Rosh Hashanah, and people do continue it on Sukkot, um, that they continue it throughout the year. They want to have a sweet I've heard year that too. through uh, and yes, through. Yes, Ari and I, Ari Wartelsky and I, actually did challah dipped in honey for the entire first year of marriage. Shana Rishona. Shana Rishona. They, they, we, somebody told us that custom, and we thought it was really Going beautiful. Strong. We wanted to have, you know... Great. Sweet marriage. So we started out Shana Rishona with challah and honey. And I happen to love challah dipped in honey. But the funny thing is, if you were to put honey on your challah like in February, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't quite taste the same now, would it? It's like challah, not on Shabbos. It's like challah. That is a great analogy. It's like challah, not on Shabbos. It just, for some reason, just doesn't doesn't go. No, no. It just doesn't go. But I have to say, getting back to the projects, the best... Mm-hmm. Honey dish projects mm-hmm. are the ones that require you to put something disposable in the project. Meaning, like if they give you a plastic bowl, but you don't use that plastic bowl. Oh, I you hear put another one the inner in, the insert inside. Yeah, because that makes clean up. Because from year to year, yeah. I mean, putting away the sticky stuff, it's, not it's just happen. not good. It's just not good. And yeah, we have a whole uh, we have a whole closet. Of adorable honey dishes, as as we should. Those are th- those are keepers. I can't say I have any. My refrigerator does not have any of the kids' art displays. So these days, at least my refrigerator is not. It's not magnetic. It's not set up like that. Um, but you do. You know, we have our basement is completely covered with all the different artwork that we're able to keep, and um, you know all the kind of little boxes when it comes to Hanukkah. The whole table gets set up from year to year and it's what really we started to exciting. do with all those Rosh Hashanah cards and um, every year in first grade they'd come back they'd come home with a really cute photo of themselves mm-hmm. on a Shana Tova card with you know the chauffeur in the background whatever we started to hang them in the sukkah and they've now become you know they're laminated okay good and we have a wooden sukkah so we just staple gun it to the wall in the sukkah and then you have that extension of the you know Shana Tova coming into into mm-hmm. sukkah so we've got a whole like wall of Shana Tova cards that the kids made. So that's a great on one. One wall in the sukkah. That's a great one. Uh, yeah, that's really fun. We we actually we were at this friend's house on Shabbos, so they have a really fun toy. Just these little links, and they reminded me of those paper links that you mm-hmm. would make. The chains. Would just, the chains, paper mm-hmm. chains, and they were like the greatest decorations until it rained, and then you're like, why did I think I can hang this in the sukkah? <laughs> so there's a plus this plastic toy. That is the same kind of thing. Mm. It's links, and it is a fantastic sukkah decoration, something the kids could do on their own. It might have been last year or two years ago that it was about to rain or very strong potential for rain, and we had those chains because those are just, you know, so sukkah-y, and um, we ended up putting those paper chains in the dining room in our house because we figured we're set either way because if we have to eat inside, inside, we felt like we had our own little sukkah inside. Lovely. And it really was lovely. Love that. I think I'm going to do it again regardless. Love that. Yeah. 
Love that. And are your kids looking forward to Rosh Hashanah? They're excited? Kids they know stuff? Kids are very They're excited, all around, really excited. They're learning a lot of stuff about it. You know, my uh, son still was, making projects. My son was sick this week, and he missed two days of school. That's tough. And we were talking about it today, and we were talking about how it's going to be Rosh Hashanah. And he said, what? What? What is it? And I said, oh, because you missed two days of school. You didn't, you didn't do the projects. You didn't learn the song. But then he said, I know the song. He you started the singing song? the song. But uh, yeah, missing two, missing two days of school when you only have like three days to teach Rosh Hashanah is pretty bad. So it reminds me of when, we had, when there was that severe storm. Okay, so schools were closed here and, and the next day, and then there, were food, there was food being offered in school. And they were, yeah. Yes, Teaneck uh, oh, was like we were shut hit. down we were while hit. the rest of the world Just continued. was in regular mode. So Ashi Norman... Um, Who's he was a third grade at the time. He's a fourth grader now. He was at a friend's of his, a camp friend from Camp Morishat in the Five Towns. He had no idea about no idea. this. We were at my parents. We probably played the Norman Carr game when we went there to pick him up there and wrap, wrapped around and brought him back home. He actually had no clue that anything happened. So when school resumed, the first thing or one of the first things that the teacher did in a very creative way was have the, the students write about using a sentence starting like, what happened that day? It's Where did you go? To, what did you do? It's also a way to decompress, right? Absolutely. To get rid of your anxiety. Absolutely. And these kids really, you know, he's just worried about, you know, is there going to be hot lunch? <laughs> but besides for that, he, there was. the teacher is, you know, turns to me and just said he did not... He just was completely unaware of what took place. Isn't that beautiful? In his own front. And he's able to, you know. Isn't that beautiful? It was very traumatic, that blackout. Yeah. I have to yeah. say. And it was traumatizing that this neighborhood was completely, completely. shut down when the rest of, you know, right. the tri-state area was just <laughs> Doing going their on thing. with their regular business. Right. right. That was like very weird. Yeah. That was very weird. Let's hope this year. Oh, yeah. We'll pray for no a more blackouts. Right. No more blackouts. Because we, we, we know too many blackouts already. That's true. Um, okay. We are going to take a break. And we are going to come back in a moment with more stuff to talk about. All right. We'll be right back. On something to talk about. We'll be right back. Should I think about when you 
Positivity to others will increase Hopefully we'll open our eyes and think more consciously Cause hopefully we'll go from where we are to where we want to Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Randy Wartelski here on Something to Talk About. Here with Shawnee Norman, right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And we're talking about birthdays and other days. And here's what you will hear. Some chit-chat and join in the conversation at home with us Thursdays from 3 to 4 with an encore on Sundays at 2 right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. So, Shani, now comes one of my favorite segments of the show, which I like to call something to talk about that I shouldn't be talking about, but I will. All right, I'm ready. And Nachum Siegel gets very nervous about this segment. I said that last week, but uh, nothing to worry about. It's not so bad. So something to talk about that I shouldn't be talking about just because I shouldn't be talking about it because what do I know? Um, Tomorrow, there are two birthdays being celebrated. Okay. I'm listening. So one is the birthday of a person who's very close to me. And one is the birthday of a thing. And I think it's actually really cool that this person and this thing share the same birthday. So actually, the person who's celebrating the birthday... Don't even tell me. It's me. You're the birthday girl. I'm the birthday girl. All right, I'll definitely send you an e-birthday card. I'm the birthday girl. Love it. Happy birthday to me. Should I ask how old are we? I think I'll decline that question. No problem. Or I should answer you the way I answer my students. I'll answer you the way I answer my students. I'm 99. Love it. That's what I Love say. It. They're on to me. I like do they, hear you. they, they know. They could, they could Pick guess. Pick up on something. They can guess, and then they go, "Well, we know you're not this old because you know this," and then they'll like try to catch me and say. How old were you at 9-11? Oh, okay. Or like, how old were you when da-da-da-da-da happened? Just to try to catch me. So you see, it's, you should work with the younger kids only because they think like 29 right. is 99. Right. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good 29. But then they think that 99 is 29. So it's that's true. good so too. We're, we're good. We're good both ways. There is no age limit. Exactly. Ageless. It is ageless. It is ageless. So happy birthday to me. I have to say, I secretly like like birthdays that's okay you could pub- I do. You, could pub- you are publicly announcing that Randy I, I secretly love birthdays do you know I- that I walk around 
even though my birthday is, my birthday is in March. I happen to have the same birthday as my dad. So he got me as a birthday present. It makes me feel even more special. And um, all year, I could be walking into a restaurant, to a friend's house, to, to, to someone's engagement party. And I'm like thinking in the back of my mind, is this a surprise party for me? It doesn't have yeah. to be anywhere close to March time. It could be my half. It's anything. I turn to my husband. I'm like, is this a surprise birthday party for me? You know, my mother It's never been. My mother-in-law recently celebrated a birthday. And she basically told us, like, if you make me a surprise party, I'm walking out. Mm-hmm. That's it. And we're talking about what should we do for her birthday? We got to do something for her birthday. It would be so nice. We're making her a surprise party. <laughs> and, the, and therein went, you know, the back and forth dilemma within the family, like... But she said she's gonna walk out. I was right. like, you know, but if we do it just us, she's not gonna walk out on us. Like she could, she wouldn't do that. Anyway, it was the best surprise ever because Ari Wartelski is just so funny and crazy when it mm-hmm. comes to these things. Because he likes to have a good story to tell afterwards. I picked up on that. Yeah. So basically, um, did you do a flash mob there or something? Did no, you but do that would have been once? cool. Maybe next time, the next big one. <laughs> no, he 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 put um he put an email out there offering. A free dehumidifier. And email went from person to person to person, eventually got to my mother in law. And, um, Mom, I love you. I hope you're not mad at me for repeating this story. Um, basically, she thought she was coming to pick up a free dehumidifier. Wow, he's good. And then she walked in, and then there we were. Surprise! She didn't walk out. She didn't walk she out. She didn't walk That's out. The main and it was an point. awesome party. Nice. It was a really, really awesome party. Good food, good company, little song, little videos, some speeches. It was awesome. Some, you know, pictures, throwback That's pictures. Great. It was really fun. And uh, yeah, she didn't walk out. Good. So the the other, I know you're dying no. to know what the, I'm dying. the other really, thing I'm, is I'm off the seat that anyway. celebrates a birthday the same day mm-hmm. as me, September 14th, same day as me. Um, so I'll give you a hint. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll give you a hint. So it's a song. Okay. It is a song that is important to many people of different ethnicities, different races, different genders, different religions, but they all live in the same place. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. We're talking about. Got to get some Jeopardy music going. Do- yes, yes. Are we talking about? Uh... I'll give you three guesses. Yeah. Are we talking about right here, the melting pot of the United States of America? Yes, we are talking about the United States of America. And September 14th marks the anniversary of the Star Spangled Banner. Very nice. Very nice. Going in that direction. You were going in that direction. direction. I think if I had given you like another clue, you would have gotten it. Or maybe, you know, the choices of and, and call a friend or, you know... The fifty-fifty, but good. I'll tell you, I what you told me that you're that gonna put. That would have been fun. We should have co- a friend. You could have, you know, you told me you're gonna be putting some things out here without any prep. So yeah, it, no it, prep. It, it made me think of this show is real, ladies. Well, real, and real. It's the real, real, real the real deal. The real and my deal. my my father, when he took his his English regents, if they call them regents, even in those days, he told me how he, what he did is he prepared an incredible essay on how to make. Split pea soup. Okay. And he said, no matter what the topic is going to be. That's what he's going to write. He is going to. Sounds like my college the, application yeah, essay. Switch that topic sentence to connect the theme and the title. And he's going to have his set split pea soup 
put in and he'll, he'll challenge you till today. You want to tell any kind of topic, any kind of, you know, you're traveling somewhere. I was traveling to Italy and I ordered split pea soup and he goes into it. Anything at all. French or this. I was with my friend and we ordered this. I'm going to the beach and when I get home, I can't wait to eat my split green, my split pea soup. So it was like, I'm thinking, what story do I throw out at Randy if I am? But so far we're okay because we, we were split going pea, that direction. Split pea soup split is a good pea story. Soup, split pea soup. Yes, that sounds like my college application essay. No matter what the question was, it was the same essay. Yeah, that's the way to go. It was the same essay. And the essay was titled, because you know, I'm a youngest child. My essay was titled, The Little Engine That Could. Mm. And it was all about my experience being a youngest child. Mm. And mm. not being the last of the Mohicans. And my writing piece in my uh, in my region was actually, I needed to come up with it quick, right then and there, you know, as we all do. I think I had to have 250 words. I was literally counting words. And I came up with, I was eating my peanut butter, because those days actually peanut butter was okay. You didn't have the allergies the way we have it today. Um, I was eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and drinking my chocolate milk. And I just started to think, how did this get to the table in front of me. And I went back into, you know, how the peanuts were, you know, getting it from the plant and how the milk was from the cow. And Did you just, make it up? I completely made it up. and Because uh, I don't know anything about peanut butter. It, it was, ju- you know, it was really just winging it from left to right and how, how we get from the, from the bread and how it's gotten from the fields and how it goes picked up from the trucks and goes to the stores and then you purchase it. And the, I went through the whole thing. I don't even remember whatever the title was, something was about say, teamwork. What was the, what was the but question? again, it was like, and, and look at us, we're all about food here, you know, with the pea soup and with the chocolate milk. But, um, you know, you, you, you make it work. You own it. Yeah, so. while you're talking a bit about peanut butter sandwiches, in sixth grade, I entered the invention convention. Mm. And I actually won honorable mention. Yeah, I see that big plaque convention. of it right up there. This is good stuff here, Randy. You have a lot of plaques here. And this what was my looking. invention? Go my for invention it. was a sandwich maker that, an industrial sandwich maker that you can have in offices and schools and whatnot that was on a conveyor belt because we had just learned in sixth grade about Mm. like simple machines and Mm -hmm. conveyor belts. So it would like plop down the bread and then move on. Then you could select peanut butter, (laughs) jelly, butter. It would squirt out whatever you chose and then at the end put the bread back on and voila there was nice sandwich. yeah i i would have also awarded you that one my niece came up one, with an invention but you know what one uh-huh. what and did? then we'll the hear about way. your niece's uh-huh. invention an awesome invention that I actually think exists now um a cane that has a flashlight in it yeah that was a really good invention very yeah. smart invention and that one won so that is a good one. i think that you know yeah you know the sandwich well, conveyor belt doesn't right, hold the candle with a cane, to, you know the Someone, cane is, you know, is a much better invention. So what did you say about your nieces? My niece um, came up with one, not necessarily a real deal, but the idea. Because when you're holding, you, you made me think of it, when you're holding a sandwich, or actually when you're holding anything and a drink, you kind of really can't be doing both things. Let's say you're holding. Oh, I have a feeling where you're going it's, it's with kind this? Of, it's kind of like you can't have both. Or let's say like, you know, French fries. Maybe that's really where it came from. French yep. fries. You want to yep. eat your French fries, but you're holding your soda. You know what's going to happen. That I, soda is going to be. A, I know It's going to be a pool of soda. So she came up with it. It's not any. It's not patented yet, and maybe you know I should check with her first. But she, she just took the cup, and put it, made In a hole plate. into the plate. It might have even been a bowl. Put the French fries all around it. The drink was there. Um, I don't believe she actually drank it from that contraption because then the French fries would actually end up on her. But when she wanted to eat her French fries, she was able to eat it and not just stick her head 
into the bowl and like have to pick up a French fry. She was able to put the cup. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to see yeah, the visual. It's, it's actually, that yeah, this is what's is going on out here. right now. Yeah, this is live, but of, this is not with it. Exactly. It's just of, radio. Of going into the bowl, <laughs> going into the bowl, dipping into the bowl. To enjoy, yeah. Yeah, Ari Wartelski once invented in his head, not, not for any kind of anything, just because he thought it was a cool invention. Um, a an attachment that you could put onto a plate that would hold your cup for you. Mm, great. So that when you're at a smorg, cup holder, you could hold your plate, and the attachment would hold your cup. You need that. And what's so amazing is that actually, I think something like this exists because I was recently at I don't remember what kind of simcha, but I was talking to one of the members of the band. And there he was standing there with the little cup holder on the plate. And I mm. said, oh, my God, where did mm. you get that? That is my husband's invention. And he said, I bring it with me wherever I go. Because, you know, he travels a lot to a lot of these smachot. And he's always eaten on the fly and standing and whatever. And um, he's got a little doodad that attaches the cup that. to the plate. Could have, would have, should have. So I want to get back to the Star Spangled Banner Sure, for a let's do it. I just think it's something interesting. I want to call out some statistics to you. So, Shani, nearly two in three Americans don't know all of the words to the Star Spangled Banner. You know, there are a lot of words. We know the first paragraph. There are a lot of words. So I don't know if you're counting that because I think you might have more than... I'm talking about just even the first verse. Yeah. Okay. So then that is a whole different story. Okay. Now I'm going to put you on the spot here. You you can. Now it is my turn to play a little game. Of those who say they know the words... Only 39% know what follows these words. Are you ready? I am. Whose broad stripes and bright stars. Please. Through the perilous fight. Ding, 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 ding. What has she won? <laughs> the grand prize of nothing. That was awesome. Thank and you. I wonder if, you know, in answering that correctly, if you would fall into the category of these people because those people who answered the question correctly many of them had received at least five years of music education in school growing up. I cannot tell you that I I had one class in Queens College, music appreciation, and what I could tell you is from the grade that I received, I don't think that I actually considered that I appreciate music. But you're such a musical person. No, I'm into it. I'm into it. I do believe I really do. It was just, it was not a match um, at that time. Where did you learn the national anthem? It must have been. I picked it up in school. Yeah, way more back than when. more yeah. than seventy percent of Americans mm-hmm. learned the national anthem in school music mm-hmm. class. Thirteen percent don't remember where they learned it, mm. and the last five say they learned it at. Can you guess? At the baseball game. Yes. I ding, am ding, ding, good. Ding, ding. I am good. Again, the grand thank pri- you. The grand prize of nothing. Five percent of respondents <laughs> say they learned it at a sporting event. Now that is among. Regular Americans of all ages. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go to American teenagers. Okay. Okay, some scary statistics here. One in four don't know the official name of our national anthem, which of course is Star the Star Spangled Banner. Banner. Good. She was nervous about that one. Okay. I just don't know what you're about to ask me, but so far we're doing well here. So far you're like getting 100 here. Less than 35% of American teenagers can name the author of the national anthem, but that's a hard one. Not sure if I should expect you to know that. I don't uh, expect you, you to know that. If you give me maybe a choice, maybe it'll you kind of phone ring a, friend? a bell or one of those. Yeah, but we can't phone anybody now. All right. Everybody's at work. You want to just tell us? Just I tell will us. tell you. Because we're in suspense here. But once I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, I know that name. Just go Francis for it. Scott Key. Okay. Okay. Ringing a bell. And as few as 15% of American youngsters can sing the words to the national anthem by heart. Mm. 
That's a pretty yeah. Pretty sad. We got to do something about that. So yes, I share a birthday with the Star Spangled Banner, but the Star Spangled cool. Banner is much older than yes. me. Yes, the Star Spangled Banner this year turns 198 years old. Wow, much older than me. I mean, I said I was 99. Right. So, so you know. Okay, we move into our last segment of the show: quotable quotes. Go. I'm going to call out some quotes. Let's get some reaction. And all of these have to do with you know starting a new year. Okay, here we go. Arthur Sulzberger says. For 11 months and maybe about 20 days each year, we concentrate upon the shortcomings of others. But for a few days at the turn of the new year, we look at our own. It is a good habit. I'm, I hear you. I hear you. Looking at it's it. It's an interesting that, way right. to look at it. I do hear you on that one. And um, let me look at that just to be able to see this. For 11 months right. and yeah. 20 days each year, we concentrate upon the shortcomings of others. But for a few days at the turn of the new year, we look at our own. It is a good habit. Uh, another one. Benjamin Disraeli says, the secret for success in life is for a man to be ready for his opportunity when it comes. I, I totally agree. It's all about really, you know, that is being a great prepared thing to remember coming into the new year. New opportunities. Prepared, new opportunities everywhere. I mean, I we just had this, you know, a new, new staff in our school and, uh, you know, you want to embrace them and you want to show them, you know, what, what your school's all about and school spirit. Um, and teamwork, and really being able to um, to enjoy the newness, really, and, of and being able to look at it with fresh eyes, and 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 really, you know, I th it's it's greatly appreciated. It's something that you know we're not looking to hear the line. You know, we've been doing that for the past X number of years. It's it's not about that at all. It's really, you know, we're embracing change, embracing newness. We had a very cute icebreaker for teachers that came in. Um, I think what you used to do, you know, what one might have done in the past is uh, talk about, you know, find someone in the room who has a pet. Find someone in the room who has a relative in Israel. Right, or we did that uh, human bingo game where you have to go around with the signatures and right, you have to and sign get that. If, you, if you know this, if you do that, if you have this. Right. So this one was, though, you had, everyone had to take out their smartphone and you had to find a picture of some, of, out of the list, you know, find a picture of uh, you know, uh, of Israel. Find a picture of, of of a grandparent. And it was what the battle of the of the. It was really just getting to know people, and then hearing the story behind the picture. And it was just a great icebreaker cool. that everybody got into, which is not like the icebreaker where my friend's son, who spent some a couple of weeks abroad, and kids these days they had, um, say your name, and say a disease. That starts, I tell you, it's a disease that starts a with, disease the same with the same letter. letter as your name. It is an oi vai vai, but it definitely yeah, got them talking. Yeah, we used to have to do that, have to come up with an adjective that describes you that starts right. with the That's same. That's safe. That's much safer. I, I couldn't think yeah. of anything that started with an R. Remarkable, Randy. No, I, you know what I said? It was really lame. Want. Reading Randy. No. No. It was very lame. Don't I go couldn't for think that. of anything. I am all about alliteration. I, this, it's perfect that we're, you know, ending-ish on this because yeah, I'm we've all got about, about we've this. We've got about a minute left, and um, I'll read you two quick quotes, and then we'll have to say goodbye until next time. So um, an unknown uh, person writes, I don't really have a New Year's resolution to go on a diet or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I am who I am, and I don't want to be somebody else. All right, listen, there's definitely something <laughs> there to be are said those. about that. There's definitely something to be said. You know, sometimes I say that. I'd like to look, you know, be thinner, look thinner, wear that skirt. And then I'm like, you know what? I want that blooming onion. Yeah. So 
so and be you it want if it's that five simis. pounds. Yes. The, the, well, the you, blooming onion and the simit in that order. And the whole wheat challah with honey. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a little best of both. And our last quote, and with this we'll, uh, we'll end. It says, be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. Mm. Yeah, be happy. And those are great words to end on here at uh, Something to Talk About. Shani Norman, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much To talk about birthdays and other days. This has been a great hour right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. We hope to see you next time, hear you next time, and we hope we've given you something to talk about. Have a great day. Let's give them something.